Welcome everyone to Beauty in Business this week. I've actually popped in and dragged Toby out of his office. Hi Toby, how are you? Hi Al. I know you're extremely busy, but I really wanted to speak to you today and share with our audience um, a little bit about, or a lot actually, I know today is going to be jam-packed uh, with lots and lots of information about retail and retail in salons. Can you tell me a little bit about what um, it means in your mind, retail means in your mind in a salon and what it can mean? Um, well, that's a. I guess. I guess that's that's a pretty big question. Um, retail covers so many aspects of uh, in the salon environment. Um, it's important when selecting retail, for example, that it's it fits in with your overall market strategy, with who you are in the marketplace, and how you're positioned, and what your ideal target market is. Um, it obviously contributes to uh, as a source of income and and particularly like when we look at um, the ways to grow a business where we're looking at either acquiring new customers we're looking at increasing the average transaction value of the business or we're looking at the lifetime value of clients and how long we have those clients and trying to reduce customer attrition um, retail uh, clearly increases the average transaction value so if someone's coming in for a service and we they also purchase retail products if they're doing that on a regular basis it has significant impact on the bottom line of of the business um, another area is obviously which ties into the the previous point I just made which is how well it fits into your overall market strategy is it can be used as a um, acquiring new customers. It can be used as a lead-in strategy. So we can choose brands and products that will actually bring customers in. Um, we can also, there's a whole range of implications on staff reporting and management and keep keeping that nice and simple. Um, and as, as well as the potential for, I guess, staff incentives. But um, one that's interesting, perhaps we can dig into a little bit deeper is um, how, how it adds values to our customers and um, sorry how it adds value to our customers and how it can be used to we can select retail to try and draw in the particular types of customers that we want in our salon. I, that's my, I'm so glad you came to that because that's really what I wanted to speak about today and I love this topic because I think it has so many uh, vast implications, doesn't it? It's like it really, what the brands that we actually bring into our businesses uh, reflect so much about us. I mean, our customers are seeing our brands and what they, how they feel, the message of the brand is how they feel about us. So it's just a really important decision that salon owners need to make when they're choosing a, a, a particular brand to, to connect with and to, to be aligned with in their businesses. And, and unfortunately, like not in our day, but now, I think it was just starting, but now even some of the biggest brands in the world, I mean, you know, you put them in your salon like we used to 30 years ago, used to put in a, an amazing brand and I used to get lead-ins all the time. But now people can go online and they can just buy the product probably for, you know, a third of the price, even half the price that um, I would be selling it in my salon. So the salon owner really has such a big sort of like obstacle. It's a huge challenge when it comes to picking brands. You certainly don't want to be picking brands that are just like absolutely everywhere and have no exclusivity or don't offer you that uh, that level of uh, differentiation in your location. Only this morning I was speaking to someone, a salon owner who said to me that she walked down the street and there was another four salons selling the 
same product that she was selling and she was she was devastated about that so when we're looking at choosing uh, retail for our salon I think in a way to we, we can make our life harder or we can make it really easy can't we yeah definitely yeah, I agree. So the first point of call really is is what what are our values and which are the brands in the marketplace that reflect our values, which then doesn't make actually retail a sale. It actually is an extension of you. And that's what I think actually selling, true selling, really, really is. And it's the sort of selling that makes you feel good uh, because uh, you're, you're selling and retailing something that you love yourself and it's extending out something that uh, you love to somebody else. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. I, I remember hearing the comment years ago that um, great, um, the easiest way to sell is not to sell products, but you actually fall in love with the product and you're actually selling that love. You're selling your own enthusiasm. You're selling your own natural inspiration that you have about something because you love what you're selling. So then the product, that says, so it's, it almost becomes contagious. It's almost a, uh, a natural um, a natural process where there is no real selling it's just your love for it that that transmits over to your prospects and clients um, and the selling process is just happens by itself and I mean I've seen that happen so many times like I know that that's really what I've always valued in in my businesses is that I've always looked for brands that I've just been madly in love with because they fit in with what I value. So um, another thing that I was just thinking as you were speaking, not that I wasn't listening to you, but what came to my mind was that it's so therefore so important to choose staff that also are aligned with the value, your own values, because then they will be aligned with the values of what you're retailing. And then for them, it's going to be exactly the same. So we never, like we do, we do sort of look at that a little bit um, as salon owners, but probably don't think about it exactly in that way. So if you're going to be choosing brands to retail in your salon, and uh, these particular brands are what you value and what you love, then it makes sense that you would want staff that were exactly aligned. Otherwise, they're going to have to be selling your values instead of their own. And that is a hard, almost impossible task. That's when I think you start getting that feeling of I'm pushing um, I don't, I'm not enjoying retail, it doesn't feel good, um, I don't like doing that to, to my, my clients and you know we've all experienced that kind of thing within our salons. So it's really important to look at all of these things. You know what I think? I think when I, th when I look at it all, I just see how all these little links, everything's just linked together, isn't it? It's almost like you need to sit down and do a mind map and really it has to start right in the core of it, you have to have your values don't you? You have to almost write your values down, what your beliefs are, what you stand for in your business or what you want to stand for. And then everything else actually just sort of, you get then the branches of that that go into absolutely everything. What so, you're looking for, I think what you're referring to is cohesion. Um, and it begins with, with that process right there, but there needs to be uh, complete cohesion or, or cohesiveness between that, your staff, and also your um, customers. I mean, that's how you come to find finding and identifying that target market. You're wanting you're wanting to position your business to be an extension of your own inner world. I'm, I mean, amazing businesses. That's what they are. They're they're sort of extensions of someone's own um, inner world that has been put out into a business. There's beliefs. 
like a brand is almost like a personality. Every brand has its, its, its particular point of view on things. Like you look at Nike and it's just do it. It's an athletic brand. It's, it's got that flavor. When you think about uh, an Apple or a Mac, you've got a flavor of that. You've got an idea of what that brand believes in. What, what would that brand think about this particular topic? What would they think about this issue in the world? You can almost, you can almost guess. So it's that, it's, it's that basic core of values that forms um, an intangible sort of personality that needs to cascade out through your staff and into the marketplace and then all of the marketplace all of the the your prospects in the marketplace will will resonate with that so then it increases relevance in their mind so when they see your flyer when they see your ad on on the internet when they you know ha- whichever marketing activities that you're engaging in, whenever there's a touch point between your business and its message with the mind of one of your prospects, relevance sort of triggers and it's like, wow, and you've got this cohesion from the inside of your business out into the marketplace. When they come in, your staff are reinforcing that. That's essentially what we're talking about. I love it. I love it. And I think that we we always come back to that, don't we? Because I think that that's that's what we, we, we know ever so deeply is the first point. It's that first starting point. And if, say for example, salon owners haven't started there because you can imagine that they haven't. And I think a lot of the time, this is what happens. This is what we were discussing the other day, actually, how things are, we're disconnected in so many ways. Uh, as salon owners often because we do what's next you know we see something on Facebook and we get excited and we think oh I'll do that or oh that's the new big thing or I'll do that we don't really sit down and go okay what do I want in my business what do I value more than anything what is aligned with my beliefs and my values and then start it's almost like going from the inside first and going out rather than letting the Facebook world or the Instagram world or you know your beauty supplier or the next best thing coming in and sort of taking it's more that's really a distraction actually because it's taking your attention and in a way it sort of gets you uh, it just it just doesn't keep you aligned and therefore we make mistakes and then when we when it comes to choosing our staff we really don't have a cohesive you know really beautiful honest kind of core in our business that that our staff can that they can depend on and, and again, we'll probably, we very well might attract the wrong people too. We very well might attract the wrong staff because we're not 100% clear. So how does a salon owner, going back to that, that is actually, you know, they, they haven't done it, they haven't started like that, how would they go about doing it now? They've got brands in there that, you know, they thought would work or they're, they're not satisfied with them. I mean, how would they begin? Is it, is it just like going back to the drawing board on a weekend and putting a couple of days of just sitting, you know, a couple of days aside and sitting down and really thinking about their business? Yeah, sure, sure, that'd be great. And and where would they start? What would you think would be the starting point? Um, I think that, I think that the first point is to um, look at where we're at right now. Be- because unless we look with honesty and clarity about where we're at, it's very difficult to um, uh, define any discrepancy between there and where we want to be. So, so some some businesses and some selling owners may already be clear about this, or they may be clear about a lot of it, but not all of it. They mightn't have thought about it in a certain way. So, um, I think that's really the first point. 
Awesome, and it's and it actually is a really good idea to just keep the, your business, of course, going as it is, and sort of on the, in the unseen, you're just like working on building what you really actually want and what you need. I think that's really really powerful. So let's go back to what we were speaking about um, with retail, because isn't it amazing how that's just pulled us all the way into this other direction, which is so so important. And now we're going to come back to what's the difference really in uh, being uh, an expert um, and retailing as an expert. I know in my career, one of the things that I find the easiest really has been retail. I still do. I used to. It's never, ever difficult for me. But then I always align myself with brands. I always uh, create brands that I feel completely in love with and I just can't wait to tell other people about it. So for me, it doesn't really become selling at all. Otherwise, I'd probably go crazy because I just don't like the idea of selling something. Um, but I love sharing. And I really, I think that as as um, salon owners needing to have the income stream of retail it's really really important and it's not even though it, that it's important in our businesses and from um, an income perspective and from profit generating profit it really is a part of what people women and men come to us for would you agree yeah i think so definitely i think that there's there's an old adage in in um, sales that people buy from pe people that they like um, and but it's interesting the way that 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 idea applies to a salon environment because um, a, a a beauty professional of some sort needs to be perceived as an expert. It's not about it's not about just being liked because many times you see in salons where staff or salon owners end up being friends with their clients, and there's nothing wrong with having having um, friendships and getting along with your clients. Um, but I think you could probably comment on that, Al. You've, you've got experience in that, on, on the difference between being liked and ha having a, um, a, a client who's a friend and really being perceived as, as an expert and someone that a client is willing to pay good money for and value their time uh, and so on. Yeah, I, look, I love this, this, this topic. And recently I did hear that one of the most important things was that you know you you need to be people buy from people that are liked and I, I I agree I think to some extent people want to be around people that they like but the the issue as you were mentioning um, Toby with that is that we have a propensity in the beauty industry because we repeatedly see the same clients we connect where women you know we love connecting that we have this fine line that we cross and I believe that what is actually most relevant in building a powerful business is that you have clients that respect you and um, they they can like you there's nothing wrong with them liking you but if they don't respect you if they don't see you as the beauty expert in their world then well you you know you've crossed the line and I think that then when your staff actually see or your team notices that these people are respecting you they too in turn will respect you so there's this beautiful you know we have this, this sense that if we're not liked if we're respected we can't be liked well, being respected means that in my eyes, you're kind, you're generous, you're loving, you're honest. I mean, what is there not to like about that? Well, I think also, I'll just add to that, I think being respected, there's, there's a, um, 
definitely a function of leadership in there. And because someone who has the ability to not only empathize with a client, which needs to be a prerequisite for leadership, you need to be able to listen and, and em empathize with your client, but then it's very important that um, there's leadership. So we're giving advice. Like when someone comes to an expert, why are they coming? They want guidance, they want advice, they want direction, they want leadership. That's what experts provide. That's why one person's an expert and another one's not. If you go, go to a doctor and you've got a certain ailment and the doctor says, hmm, well, I'm not sure. I've got these, I've got these antibiotics, but I've also got this cream. Um, um, this one's good for that and that's good for that. Which one would you like? There's a lot less leadership involved in that compared to okay what what you've got your particular medical issue is this what i'm going to do i'm going to write you a script go and get that take three um four times a day and and, and book in on wednesday i want to see you back on wednesday morning and we'll do a follow-up or some some you know something like that but the idea is that experts give direction they give advice they have that leadership quality mm, i really i really like that i probably think that um, you know, we don't often see ourselves like that. And, and let me just add this, because I think this is really relevant. The reason that um, the majority, 99% of beauty professionals, when doesn't matter what it is that they do in beauty, can't get escape really from being behind the chair is because their clients love them. Um, they, they, they create connections with their clients that are like almost you know, going on to being friendships, very, very close to that. But, you know, the client goes in and the client can't wait to see them and talk about the things that happened, the, you know, the last month and or the last couple of weeks. So there's this kind of like a friendship that builds. You know, for, for salon owners that actually want to remove themselves and get out of being behind the chair and what they actually want to do is work on their businesses and build successful businesses, they don't have a choice. They really don't have a choice when it comes to how they appear in the minds of their clients. They have to be the expert. And, and I think that, you know, we have, as I said before, these sort of connotations around respect that it's, you know, you're powerful and we respect powerful people. We respected our parents. We don't have a, um, a sweet kind of like uh, kind and caring thought around respect a lot of the time. But I think that respect is, you know, is really honouring a person uh, for the values that they hold, which would be in the way that they behave, in the way that they they uh, take care of you, in the way that they communicate with you. For example, if someone's communicating with you about retail, about what you need, if they're, you know they're always going to be honest with you, they don't even have to like you. They have to like what you're being and how you're delivering to them what they need from you. So I think that what's important in this is the word respect. I think once our clients actually see us as the beauty experts, therefore our teams will see us as beauty experts, which is so important because then they have that leadership. They know, oh wow, I'm actually gonna follow that lead. I wanna be like that, I wanna be respected and this is the way to behave. Um, otherwise, we're going to spend our entire time chatting about things with our clients and getting all friendly, and there's nothing wrong with that. There is a time for that, but it's only like a very short part of our entire time with our client. And when we're very clear in our mind about what our client wants, what our client expects from us, and what we expect from ourselves, and what we want to build, it becomes really, really easy, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I agree. And and it's also, it's important, I think, that um, the idea of leadership um, in a, a client, um, you know, beauty professional relationship shouldn't be compu- uh, confused with, with being pushy or overriding someone or anything like that. As you were speaking, it just came to mind uh, the last time that we went and I got my hair cut and had this consultation with this um, hairdresser and he, he, he was just fantastic. He, he was so non-invasive and so um, wanted, wanted to listen, yet his skills in leadership, the way that he led the consultation and explained the different hair techniques um, in a way where he wasn't giving um, detail as to how he was going to do what he was going to do, but he was um, uh, briefly explaining the different pros and cons and um, features of different sort of hairdressing that. styles and oh, things. It was amazing. It was just amazing. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was just a high level of skill. And at the end, I, I thought about it um, and you wouldn't call him a leader. Like, you know, I wouldn't say, oh, he, he's got the personality of a leader. But throughout the entire process, he completely controlled and, and led me as a client um, through the whole process, yet it didn't feel like that. So when we're talking about leadership, we're not talking about strong directive, like when I said before about a doctor, take this three times a day, you know, book in on Wednesday. It's not like that necessarily, that tone. That was a bit it's, harsh. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of preceding, it must be preceded with empathy. Leadership that is not preceded with empathy is like being a dictator. And that's no fun. That's no... No one's going to no like client, you if you're doing that. No client wants that, right? Yeah. But I remember being there in that particular, during that particular appointment it was absolutely I, I was amazed i mean i know we both walked out and we had such respect for him and he wasn't even the salon owner he was someone that worked there and we really had respect for the salon owners because we just thought wow whatever they're doing is absolutely in fact we're going to see if we can tee up an interview for a future inbox um a future beauty and business yeah that would be mm-hmm. fantastic i know we were thinking about that so i want to wrap this up today because we've spoken about quite a few things and normally we sort of stay on topic but this is so exciting really because it was so interesting so we brought retail in and we've sort of pulled it apart a little bit haven't we we've looked at what underpins it what underpins the brands that we choose how do we choose them and the only way to know that is to know what we value what we love and what what we want to extend to the world through our own hearts you know like into the world um, and, and therefore, in that way, through having that clarity, we build on that. We're building the right staff. We're building the right clients. We're building the right brands. You know, but we, this is the, like, the key thing, isn't it? And that respect um, in being a beauty expert, being respected is absolute number one. And that we don't need to be afraid that respect means that we've got to be tough, that we've got to be pushy, that people are not going to like us. But, but one thing's unavoidable. Uh, we have to be good. You've got to be, you can't not be good at what you're doing and, and gain respect from someone. You need to have the, the skill level to be able to deliver um, whatever service you're delivering better than anyone else in the marketplace. Oh, that's because that, key. Yes. That, that's the biggest uh, respect and that's where you get leadership from. It's where you get differentiation in the marketplace. It, it precedes everything. That sounds like another beauty and business issue, really, Toby. We can open that up and really you know, crack that wide open another another day. But um, I totally agree with you. 
Yeah, and, and we want to talk about getting marketing down to zero. I really love that because that's one of the biggest problems that salon owners have is how do I get more clients? How do I, you know, how do I market? And we really, we really cracked that code, didn't we, when we were working together in our salon. That was just unbelievable. And I want to talk about that definitely next time. But um, I'm really, really happy with what we spoke about. So I think that we should end it here and we should ask the girls to comment and tell us what they think. And, you know, it, it is a big deal to become an expert in something or to communicate that. And, and I know that we ran, we did a bit of this, we ran a little bit of this sort of topic in one of my mastermind groups that we do for our brand ambassadors slash licensees. And it was amazing how many of the girls are putting up their hands and going, oh, oh, you know, I'm the one that's the, you know, my client's friends. I'm the one that's, you know, like those lines are really blurred. And then it's like, well, now let's take a look at that. So we really want to make sure that we know deep in our hearts what we're doing every day with every single client. What are we building? And what, who do we want to be in their worlds? We want to be someone that's respected and someone and respectfully kind, loving and clear so that our clients can depend on us. And of course, they're going to like us, right? And that's, a, I mean, that's essentially what, what, what we as a business do. As, as we're talking through it, I think that's exactly what we do. All of our, um, all of our brand ambassadors um, around the world, we actually train them on how to dominate the world of brows. Like, like there's no one, there's, there's none of our salons who have achieved certification who have anyone else that does brows in their area that could reasonably compete because of the skill level that they attain through the training and, and the retail products, again, that they're stocking. You're looking at, at, at something that is not, there's no comparable product in, in the marketplace. So again, that comes back to exclusivity, having a product that actually that you're retailing that. Yeah, you want to own and dominate your location. And you know, and again, we said we were going to wrap up and I'm going to say one more thing. The interesting thing is that, you know, when you're talking about exclusivity, you're actually then looking towards uh, companies. If you know what your values are, you're going to look towards companies that are going to respect you. Mm. And they can see that exclusivity is, is absolutely vital for the health and the growth of your business. So, you know, one, you're respected because you're coming from a respectful place. Then you're searching and looking, when you're looking out into the marketplace, what you're looking for is brands that will respect you and your, you and your business. Again, so it's again, part, it's that cohesive. Yeah, it's part of the cohesion. Mm, I love it's, it. Um, it's the suppliers, it's the market, your staff, your suppliers all need to be cohesively unified. It's, it's actually, you know what it is, it's a mind map. Like what's coming up into my mind the other weekend, I was actually looking for mind maps for my iPad Pro, which everybody knows I love, madly in love with. Um, and I found this fantastic mind map and I was really mapping out all of these really important things for our business um, on a Sunday. Was I working on a Sunday? Well, it didn't feel like work, it was a lot of fun. But I'm going to put that mind map, I think. I'd love to put that mind map up so the girls can actually maybe use it. I think it's a powerful tool for girls, um, salon owners, because of the way they think. They're very, very tactile people, very kinesthetic at times. And being able to put everything out on a mind map is a really fantastic idea. So I think I might share that. I might share that link from the mastermind group so the girls can uh, know. Sorry, on the Al Wilson Salon Success Club, so the girls can actually maybe use it and see if they have a play and can can do this very exercise that we're speaking about today. I think it would be really good fun for them to to have a play with that. Toby, thank you so much. I know you're racing back to your office so that you can continue um, getting our new brand new website up, which is very exciting. Uh, and you've got lots to do. Thank you, everybody, for listening and for sharing time with us. And we'll be back again next week with another issue of Beauty and Business. Thanks, Al.